I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, everyone. We are so excited for today. It is our hundredth episode. We've Woo! come so far, this little project child of ours. And now we wanted to do something fun. Well, first and foremost, we wanted to thank you guys for a hundred episodes. We couldn't not do this without you guys. Like if you guys were not here, we would not <laughs> have probably made it past like 15. We just feel like <laughs> talking into a void, but we know that there's a lot of listeners who are regulars. We love you. We appreciate you. Like Emily said, we couldn't do it without you. So we thought it would be fun to do a little special edition episode for a hundred. And we asked you guys to submit either like DMs or we put question boxes up on our Instagram page to give us kind of questions that you wanted us to answer. So there's a wide range here. There's like personal <laughs> life to like nutrition, to like intuitive eating, to like vacationing, to TikTok, dietetics. We're kind of a today. <laughs> and we're just going to kind of go through them, answer your questions and have a good time. Oh yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. Okay. Let's get into it. Because we have a lot of questions actually, which thank yeah. you guys for submitting these. We're so excited that again, mm-hmm. like we have this like audience who's engaging and communicating. It's just oh, the best. Yes. Okay. So our first one is not about nutrition. The first question is what are your favorite podcasts? So Emily and I always talk about this together, but we've never actually talked about it on air. So Emily, do you want to go first? What are your favorites? I have two favorite podcasts. Of course, one is like a dietitian one. And then the other one's a non-nutritional one. So my dietitian one, the one that Hannah and I talk about all the time is the unconventional RD by, oh my gosh, why don't I know her last name? I know her first name. I know Erica. Okay. I was like, I always just refer to her as Erica. Like she's the only Erica that exists, but (laughs) love her podcast. She does a lot of like business for dietitians and like, like, like free advice essentially it's super helpful really good advice like all of these guests who are so knowledgeable and like they're very different niches and I love listening to it although I do have to pace myself with hers because I feel like I get a little bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. easily just because there is so much information I'm like I'm not doing half of these things She gives so many takeaways that you like physically can't do them all at once, which is like so helpful that she is like giving so much information out. But I feel that too. Like you can't do all the things she recommends at once, even though they are so helpful because there's not enough hours in the day to do all that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. My other favorite podcast right now is Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain. I feel like she just has one of the funniest personnel, like online personalities I've ever heard. And it's very interesting to me to just like hear her talk about the randomest things. Yeah. Like what does she I'm even also, like talk about? I had never listened to her before. She, I recent the ones that I recently listened to, I was like, oh, this is interesting. There was one that was like, is cheating, like talking about cheating and if it's okay and, or like different reasons for it. And then the other one I listened to recently was like, nobody's actually cool. And like, she's such a high profile, like YouTuber that I like wanted to hear these things. I was like, what's, what is life like when you are one of the most like influential people or like female entrepreneurs online? And you are, I think she's 22 what she's a bait i think i want to say she's either i think she's born in 2001 what she's a baby (laughs) oh my gosh but it's so interesting to just hear like she like runs like three different businesses so like she has to have it together but Mm -hmm. i enjoy listening to her podcast 
I, I know who she is like, because you talk about her and of course she's so just like big and popular, mm-hmm. um, but I've never listened to her podcast before. It sounds like it'd be just like a fun listen. Like we said, like Erica's educational, we're using it for like business strategy, but that one just seems like it's like just fun. Yeah. It doesn't stress me out at all. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> love you, Erica, nice. but sometimes yes. your podcast is too good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I need something that's not motivating me to do, to work on private practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Erica's one of mine as well. The unconventional RD. Mm-hmm. If you were an RD listening, we highly recommend her podcast. Um, if you do have any interest in private practice, my other one is office ladies. Um, friends of mine know that I am like the biggest office fan ever, which I feel like is so cringe to say now. Cause like everyone's an office fan. It's like kind of coming back around, but like, truly I've watched the office like a million times it's kind of like always on and like in the background and everything, but this podcast is hosted by, you know, as Pam and Angela, if you're, um, watchers of the office, they're like actually best friends in real life. And they are going through the entire series of the office and breaking down episodes with like background information and bloopers and like how they did a certain stunt and things like that. Um, behind the scenes, things like that. So it's just really fun. Same thing for me. It's just like my fun laid back podcast. Um, I listen to it like while I go for walks or I'm cleaning or whatever. That's such a like good, I, I feel like I'm just thinking about it. Cause like we constantly talk about business, but that's such like a good business idea to like use something you already have. I and know. Just, like chat about it. Like, I don't know. There's, I don't even know how many episodes there are. Oh, there's nine seasons. So like a ton and like 20, yeah. more than 20 every season. So they're actually getting closer on season eight right now. I've listened to it like as they produce them and they're almost done. I, they always like joke about how they're going to like do spinoff podcasts. Like they have one, they're calling mom detectives, um, which actually they want to do a TV show as where they're just like these 50 year old moms who like solve like really tiny <laughs> crimes in the community. It's actually super <laughs> cute. It's always like who, I don't even know, like who egged Susan's house or whatever, like stuff like uh, that. Um, yeah. I think they also want to do like movie breakdowns too. Cause their whole thing is like breaking down office episodes. They want to do like movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, which that's the one I think nerve wracking part of a podcast like that is there is like a finite end to it where after the seasons are over, what do you do next? Yeah. But they're celebrities, so they'll have no problem. Like whatever they do, no. someone will listen to it. I think they're it. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we're kind of trying to make even this podcast like a little bit of a combination between nutrition and education, and also just like us as humans too. Yeah, because we obviously like nutrition and talking about it, but doing it all the time is exhausting. Yeah, it's also fun to talk about personal life stuff. I feel like that's like more podcasts are more casual than we make it. I know. So we're trying to kind of like a textbook sometimes. Yeah. So we're making, trying to make it a little bit more fun. Yeah. Let's move on to the next question. So the next question we got from you guys was how to fuel as a student athlete with a high energy need and high protein want. So more nutrition this time. Hopefully, I guess if you're a student athlete in a collegiate setting, you might have a sports dietitian. And if that's the case, definitely go with their recommendations. Um, if you don't, there's tons of sports RDs on like Instagram. We recommend, we can actually put in the show notes, some ones that we love. We've had a Mm -hmm. few actually on the podcast, I think like three, we've had Katie, Jessica, and Lauren. If you call, if you count Leslie, she didn't do nutrition recs, but she was on too. That's true. So we'll share our episodes as well as some different ones we recommend following on Instagram, just to kind of get that continuous information Mm -hmm. to learn from. But of course, if you have high energy needs, my like go-to tip is just to choose high calorie foods instead of trying to like fill your belly full of like low calorie foods, never going to feel very good to just try to get your calorie needs from like broccoli. That's going to be impossible. So eating a lot of high calorie foods and of course timing it. So it makes sense for your exercise. Like it wouldn't feel good to eat a super high calorie meal, like right before let's say a run or whatever you're doing. So it's more so like on those rest days or like in between workouts, trying to get those higher calorie 
foods in where you can. Yeah. I definitely second the high calorie foods. Cause like those are often deemed demonized, mm-hmm. but especially when you're exerting so much energy, you need easy ways to like replenish those energy stores. Um, so finding something that like your body tolerates as high calorie. Cause sometimes maybe there's something that's like higher in like fat that you don't digest as well, but it's also like the timing of it as exactly. well. Like don't eat something huge before you're going to go run like and a time mile or something. That's not probably going to go super well. Exactly. And like after a workout too, it's actually not recommended to have like a lot of um, like fats right after a workout, because it can kind of slow down how quickly your body is like absorbing the nutrients that it needs, the carbs and the protein, which is the next part of the question, which is like, they want to also work on getting a high protein intake, which with that, I would just say eating high protein foods. I think the biggest thing though, is trying your best to spread your protein out throughout the entire day. If you can, cause it can feel really tough to like get all your protein in, in like a three hour span of time which is why intermittent fasting is not super great for a lot of reasons, but for athletes, especially because they have such unique energy and like macronutrient needs. And if you're only eating from like noon to six every day, it's going to be near impossible to get all the nutrients that your body needs in. Yeah. I think also with protein, just finding like accessible protein sources as well, it plays a huge part. Like I think people think protein, they think like chicken and steak and protein shakes like it doesn't need to be like animal protein sources are more bioavailable where your body will absorb more of the protein compared to plant but sometimes like beans are more financially friendly option um a little bit more accessible potentially to like cook as well compared to like waiting for chicken to bake for 45 minutes or however long it is. I don't cook chicken for 45 minutes. <laughs> that would I be some cook it for like chicken. 20, 20 <laughs> for like 25. I was like, hmm, that's a really long time. <laughs> um, but just finding like sources that work for you. Like if you like protein bars, like especially in the supplement world, supplements like not only we want to make sure they're third party tested, go listen to our supplement episode if you have not already. But also they can get really expensive and there's all these different types. So like, if that's just not accessible to you, that's okay. There are other sources that are more friendly and are finance, like friendly to the, to the wallet that <laughs> you can, <laughs> that will work just as well. Yeah. One last note I want to add too is even foods you don't consider a protein source have protein in them. So you're likely getting more than you even think you are a lot of times. Like this morning, for example, I had a bagel. Um, a bagel has a good, like, I think it's like 10 grams or something like in a whole bagel. Um, I myself yeah. paired it with like a protein coffee. Cause I love having those just to get a few extra grams there too. But, um, all that to say that like different foods you eat, even if you don't consider them like a protein source, they likely have some protein in there too. Yeah. Okay. Let's go on to our third question. Another nutrition one. Um, this one, we have a lot of what ifs and we recommend of course, reaching out to your healthcare provider for actual diagnoses. But the question is what are some reasons for having a belly ache after eating? So I feel like there's a lot of like rapid fire, just like general things we could recommend here. But again, if it's like a persistent chronic thing, see your doctor. Seek individualized medical attention, please. Yeah. Um, Uh, my first thought is just like generally eating past what your body's comfortable eating. Um, and that a lot of times in my world that I see with clients is they're not eating enough throughout the earlier parts of the day. And then they get to their like first meal of the day and they haven't eaten in like 16 hours. So they're starving. And so they eat past fullness there. So it could be that just like generally inconsistent intake, which is leading you to, I don't know if I want to use the word binge eat, but it could be binging depending on how you define it. Um, binge eating or overeating when you finally get to that, that meal or snack. My first thought was along those lines too, but it was like more so just like eating too quickly, but it's like leading to like ignoring your fullness cues because you're just eating so quickly that your body doesn't have time to send you like those messages. Hey, 
or full, you can stop. Uh, my other, my second thought was about like, maybe there's like a food you're not used to eating or mm-hmm. like, I always think along like the spice levels or like spicy, hot, acidic foods, like stuff like that. If you're not used to eating a lot of those types of foods, or maybe they're not like culturally, there's something you eat quite often that could be causing some belly aches after eating as well. Yeah. My second thought was along those lines kind of too, um, which again, we're not fear mongering or diagnosing here, but it could be related to like a food intolerance or, um, like Emma said, you just like, you don't eat that food very often. So your body's like, what the heck is this? And a lot of times like food intolerances, like lactose intolerance, for example, can develop like later in life. So maybe you've been okay eating ice cream up until your thirties, but now for whatever reason, your body's like, nope, we cannot tolerate this ice cream anymore. Um, so again, definitely not diagnosing. I'm gonna make it very clear that we are not telling you that you can't have ice cream. Um, but that could be one reason why I'm trying to think what yeah. else. Um, I'm thinking like from a psychological standpoint, if like you like get really anxious about, like if you ate something that you label as like a bad food and you like eat a bunch of it and then you start stressing about it, that could cause totally a belly ache. And even like potentially a very common symptom of eating disorders, specifically like anorexia is, um, like gastrointestinal gastrointestinal issues because your body is just used to not getting enough food. And so it starts to kind of slow things down. So if you've been struggling for a long time with not eating enough and you are kind of working on eating a little bit more, whether that's like intentional or because maybe it's turning into like a binging disorder kind of thing, um, in whatever way you're going from not eating enough to eating maybe more than what your body can tolerate that could lead to those, those belly aches too. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of like chronic conditions that can cause some abdominal okay. pain, but we're not going to go through all those because you would need a diagnosis from a medical doctor. Again, see and your doctor. Or- this is a constant thing. <laughs> yes. Please seek attention <laughs> if need be. Okay. Uh, the next one's like a two-part one. We actually got two similar questions. We'll kind of group them together. They both have to do with not thinking about calories anymore. So basically both questions ask like, I've been thinking about calories for a long time. Whenever I eat, I can just like know how many calories are in that. How do I kind of like get out of that automatic, like calorie counting mindset? So I think one of the biggest things is like, I wouldn't remove the calories from it, whether there's Mm -hmm. like, I know sometimes people will like remove like nutrition labels or they'll like scratch it out or if it's like listed on a menu, they'll have someone else look at it for them. So they don't even see that. I think that like, I am all, I have full faith that you, I don't even want to say like you're disciplined because the word discipline is like a trigger. I hate the D word. <laughs> um, but just like removing that. So you can't even know, like, I'm sure like if you've been doing it for a long time, you can probably guess, but at least like not being able to like scan it or like look it up that can play at least a good step in that direction. So you don't even know what it is. Unfortunately, then you're in that unknown, but we grow best when we're in the gray unknown area and starting off with that. But then like, I think having a good support system, I would try to like eat with other people potentially, cause then you're not just fixated on what you're eating and how many calories are in it. Like have a conversation with someone. I know that like, we don't always encourage like distracted eating, like with a TV show or reading, but sometimes that can help where like your thoughts are just overrunning all about calories. So like maybe like removing it, removing the source and then potentially finding a distractor whether it's like someone else or a different activity. You don't have to do this all the time. Just finding what also works best for you. Exactly that. Like, and like being realistic too, where if you identify that it does help to like have someone with you, but you can't always do that. Don't like get stressed about not being able to like always have your friend Susan over to eat with you. Yeah. Please eat. (laughs) Like eat by yourself if you need to. Totally. 
Um, yeah, I think the very first step, if you haven't already would be to like delete any apps that you have, of course, that are like having you count calories. Um, those obviously are not going to help you with this. I think this is not the answer you want to hear, but just like (laughs) continuous practice is the biggest thing. Someone did ask as part of this question is like, how long will this take basically when I don't think about it anymore? I think the thing is like, you will likely always have those numbers. Like Emily and I are trained dietitians where we learned about the calories and like every single food ever it was like drilled into our brains. So I think it's more so how you use that information. Like, it's not a bad thing to have nutrition education and understand like, what is a protein source? How many calories are in a banana? It's more so like, how are we using that information? And is it making us restrict or um, do folk get to like burn off X number of calories if they go past that? Whatever disordered behavior that you identify, I think identifying it, first of all, um, and then working on that specifically versus like trying to forget all the things that you know about nutrition, because it's not a bad thing to like have that education in your head. It's just, again, how you're using it. Yeah. I also think that like, if you have the resources and money, if you're able, or like, if you're working on this and you're noticing, like, I can't, like, I need some extra support seeking out like a therapist and a dietitian would be really beneficial to have on your side to help you through changing that mindset and whatnot. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, to kind of answer the question that I didn't really answer about like, how long will it take? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if there is a timeline for that. Everyone's journey is so different. And like I said, you might always like be able to like, look at a banana and know how many calories are in it estimated. Yeah. But like, it's like about how you use that information then. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. All right. Next question is more of a personal one for Emily and I. Um, this is gonna be a fun one. So the question mm-hmm. is, what is our dream vacation? Where is it at? Have we been there before? What activities would we want to do there? What sightseeing? What food? So Basically, many questions. I love this question so much. <laughs> it's like eight <laughs> questions in one. It's kind of my style. So Emily, you go first. What is your dream vacation? I don't know if I have one specific. Okay. I'll create a dream vacation in my head. So my dream vacation, if I had unlimited disposable income and unlimited time off and I could do whatever I wanted and had no responsibilities, essentially not do whatever I wanted, like illegal things or like go. <laughs> Is that what you want to do with illegal stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, but essentially have no one to report back to at any point in any capacity of my life <laughs> would be probably like a vacation like I would probably do a month at least through Asia Ooh. where I would go like I don't know if I'd start north maybe I'd start north so it gets warmer as I continue on so I go to like South Korea Japan China kind of scares me mm-hmm. but I feel like I'd want to go to China still Philippines. I, when I say China scares me, it's only because I, I feel like all the constant fear mongering they do over here in America of China. So I'm like, who knows what is real? I don't. I don't have any connections to anyone there. I guess so. the Chinese probably the only ones or those who visit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'd go to China and then have to see the, the homelands in the Philippines um, and then I feel like I'd want to go to like Malaysia. I definitely want to go to like Singapore. Singapore looks crazy. It does. But... I've seen like TikToks. Oh, yeah. And then maybe end with like, oh, ne- one of our friends is going to punch me for this. <laughs> I don't know. If, I think Bali is a country or is it a city? <laughs> Hold on, I because she she told me that we I should visit oh my gosh there because it, Bali is in Indonesia. Okay, I was about to say go to Indonesia, but I was like she tells tells me about Bali all the time, and I'm like, is it another country? Okay, we're gonna go to Indonesia and skirt our way over into Bali in Indonesia. <laughs> but I would go to all those countries. Maybe I need more. Maybe I do a summer. You're gonna need more than a month. Yeah, yeah, all these different places. Specifically, like, okay, so I gave the where. 
I, oh, I've not been to any of these places. I haven't been to anywhere in Asia Mm -hmm. before. Um, Activities, lots of food for sure. That's why we travel. Like so much, so much food. (laughs) And then honestly, just like enjoying the warm weather. If there are hikes, I will be finding those. I guarantee there's hikes. Yeah. And then specific sightseeing. Oh, I want to see the cherry blossoms in Japan Ooh. at some point. That'd be so cool. But there's like only a specific time they'd go. So I'd have to tie my vacation around those. I don't know. A whole summer. I think you'll, I think you'll find the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know like the specific things. I feel like maybe like, I know the Philippines the best because like my Lola and Lola are from there. So I'd have to go to like Manila, the capital where my Lola's from and just like eat so much Filipino dessert and food. I feel like this is going to be a very like hiking, maybe beachy and like food. Did I already say food? I forgot. the. That's like literally the reason why, at least me, like why I want to go on trips is for the food. Yes. And like seeing Mm. nature and stuff too, but Um, yeah. And like experiencing like the different cultures, like that's always so cool to just like see how, because it's very easy to like forget what type of world we live in when you're like, so like tunnel visioned and everything in your own life. But like there are people like on the other side of the globe that like potentially live their lives completely differently than you. Oh yeah. I've been to Scotland twice and I always think about this. They had no idea what Pop-Tarts were. Like we were just like talking about Pop-Tarts and they had no idea. And s'mores. They didn't know what s'mores were. Oh. Which I know is like such minute things about culture. Like they obviously have, like there's way more to it than just s'mores and Pop-Tarts. Mm-hmm. But like it just kind of proves the point that like the things that we just like talk about on a regular basis, they just have no idea even exist in different parts of the world. Yeah. I feel like that was like the only other place internationally I've been. Well, I guess I've been to Canada, but I don't know if I count. Canada really international to hop uh, jump away yeah but when I went to France it like legitimately like changed the way I eat and I was like this is one country and I was there for a week like imagine all the things I could learn I know. with my summer vacation to Asia I know I think about that all the time too like I am so not well traveled I have so many places I want to go to Mm-hmm. And I just hope that can happen. Like it stinks that we have to work and pay bills. Yeah. To keep ourselves alive. Right. And like, there's barely any time for traveling. No. no. Anyway, future goals is <laughs> this podcast to be a worldwide hit and me get to. Yeah. And we can travel with each other. I'll go to wherever you want to go. I was going to say, I want to go on your suitcase to okay. your Asian We'll record in each country well each week or so and we'll let you guys know yeah we when can we're like there. we can like make a friend in each country and have like a guest episode so from fun. each country talking about like their food their cultural foods that's literally all i want to do i'm like yeah. please just tell me about your food and let me experience your food <laughs> well okay we'll go to asia for yours i want to go explore like more of europe so we'll do asia and europe I do want to go to Australia too, but I don't know if they're like really known for their food. I'm, I'm sure they have Australia. Things. I'm scared because the spiders. <laughs> Is that why you're scared too? Yeah. I'm terrified. I'm like of normally fine with spiders, but I've seen pictures and I'm mm-hmm. like, how? I know. If I woke up with one of those above me, I would. <laughs> I know. I would pass away. I, I've been to Costa Rica too. And they had like scorpions are a thing there. Terrible. They were Mm. just like in our room. It was terrible. I'd be so scared. They get my suitcase. I know Costa Rica was amazing. I should say that first. I loved it, but the scorpions really had me shaking in my boots, (laughs) my flip flops. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So where are you going in Europe? Okay. So Europe, I, I know it's kind of cliche, but I've always wanted to go to Italy. Um, for the food, of course, pizza, gelato, pasta, all those things. And of course the sites there too, I'm sure are just like amazing. I follow the home edit. Do you follow them? 
I have one of their planners, but I don't follow them. Okay. So one of them, Clea, she's in Rome, like literally right now as we're recording this. And so she's like posting about like all the sites just looks amazing. Like the pizza and everything looks amazing. Um, so I want to go to Italy. I mean, you talked so highly of France. I feel like I got to go there for their food. Yeah. I'm trying to think where else I'd want to go. I'm not too keen on Germany. I mean, I like like German food in general, but I don't know that I would like make a special trip out there. If it's along the way, I guess I'll make a little stop, but I'm trying to think where else I'd want to go in Europe. He should go to Spain for tapas. Oh my gosh. You're right. Portugal. Portugal. That's like all that area. I don't know if I'd want to go to England for the food. No. I don't eat vegetables. And I'm like, I would be constipated the entire time. I've been to Scotland, (laughs) which I know is different, but they eat pretty similarly for the most part. And I mean, it was just like, every meal was so heavy. Like breakfast was always like eggs, sausage, beans, tomato. I guess tomatoes was like their one veggie we always had. And it was just like, oh, so heavy. And I remember we would have, like, I was there for soccer tournaments and we would have like a lunch that was like packed for us, like in between like games or practice or whatever. And for lunch, we would have sparkling water, which who wants that when you're like running around on a field and like cold butter and shredded cheese sandwiches on just like bread. <laughs> yeah. Mm. My belly was <laughs> unwell. It was interesting. Oh my gosh. It was interesting. I don't know if that's like a universal mm. experience or just like somehow that's what we got stuck eating. I don't know, but it was the sparkling water really got me. And it's like the plain <laughs> sparkling water, which I think I was like, what, 14 or something. So at that age, I was not fancy enough to be drinking sparkling water. And so I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just want some, although I feel like I've heard of that or like, it's hard to find tap water in a couple, I don't want to say a lot. Cause I do not have the knowledge to be speaking on this confidently, but in like a decent amount of European countries, like sparkling water or like, I think sparkling water is like served typically. Yeah. It's hard to find tap. I think you're right. Or is it that soda's? cheaper than water i don't recall having a lot of soda but maybe that's not in scotland that that's the case Mm. i drink a lot of wine in france but that i had no complaints there yeah oh that's (laughs) also why i want to go to france yeah oh okay vineyards oh my god i can't even imagine yeah you have to go to south france because i went to lyon i didn't go to paris i don't know people say paris is overrated i I was scared of getting pickpocketed um, actually one of my friends on, cause I did it for a study abroad, literally within 10 minutes of being in Paris, they got pickpocketed Oh, and like gosh. lost their wallet and their phone, but also they were not smart and put it in their back pocket. I'm like, you're asking to get, come on. Like, so it was, I feel like it was kind of self like people shouldn't be pickpocketing in the first place but like even like in indiana <laughs> like i'm not gonna put my phone in my wallet in my back pocket like i'm not no. doing that even here where i'm likely never gonna get pickpocketed <laughs> no oh my gosh okay well i'm excited wait what about greece oh my gosh oh my gosh of course the like oh Greek food is food. so oh. good oh my god you could do like a whole Mediterranean tour, just oh like in gosh. the Mediterranean Sea, just hang out there. Bobby and I have actually talked about like, really, we're not engaged, but the honeymoon is one of the most important parts <laughs> of it, if not the most important part. And one of our discussions at some point was like doing a like cruise oh. on the like Mediterranean Sea and just like hitting all the countries touching there. That'd be and amazing. Like, oh, I would be so happy. Oh, that food would be so good. So good. <laughs> Indiana uh, is the pits. I mean, I like living here because cost of living is what it is. And it's quiet. My family's here. But like I was recently on a like a work trip with others from like kind of Midwest area, somewhere from California. And I was the only one from Indiana. And they're like, okay, I 
I have a cousin who lives in Indiana. When I go, what food should I get? I'm like, you're not going to Indiana for the food. Let me tell you that. Like, there is nothing here that you like have to get while you're here. I was going to say, I was thinking like, what, what is Indiana specific? I don't know. I, I was like, do you have Culver's where you live? They're like, yeah, we have Culver's. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a Wisconsin thing. Anyway, it's not even like an Indiana thing. Like we have nothing like, yeah. We have Portillo's now in Fort Wayne, which obviously is not from here. We have, mm-hmm. I mean, everything we have has been from somewhere else. I was going to say, you have Sonic. I don't I mean, know a Sonic around me. I do miss Sonic. Well, we don't have that in Fort Wayne anymore because everyone ran it out of town. So that's a whole thing. But they have them in like other parts of the state that just don't have them where yeah. I live. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love Sonic. I know. Me too. And we don't have like fancy coffee. Like we've got sad. nothing. Or like in like Utah mm-hmm. and stuff, they have like their like soda shops and those kind of things. Like we've got, we got nothing. We have corn. That's okay. You have your cost of living. Yep. Cost of living is very nice. <laughs> I will yep. say. It's true. Um, I feel like that's one of the bonuses of like Chicago is there's so much like authentic food, like like all these like mom and pa like mm-hmm. shops. So like that you can probably get any type of food, but like, it's just different when you're like in the country. Thankfully, like we have everything, like we're in Fort Wayne. So we're in like a pretty big Indiana city. So we have all the things we could want, but nothing authentic to our area really. There's like, of course, some places that are like not chains that we like right. go to and they're great, but nothing that I'd recommend like coming to Indiana for <laughs> whereas like I was in Kansas City so of course I like knew I had to get barbecue when I was there mm-hmm. like there's nothing here that like yeah you have to have so if your dream vacation's Indiana I challenge you to <laughs> reconsider yes oh my gosh yeah <laughs> let's move on to the next question I like this one so another nutrition focus question. It is how can we increase access to nutrition education and intuitive eating coaching? I love it. I think I have a lot of thoughts, but well, I don't know if any of them are realistic. <laughs> I think first and foremost, like what is realistic is it's not always realistic for the dietitians, but like free stuff like this podcast, like, of course we can't provide you like one-on-one support this way or you know, really get to the nitty gritty of what you're struggling with. And we can't speak directly to you in this way, but at least just like being able to talk about it. Cause we talked about in our episode with our story time of our disordered eating, how like our biggest method of recovery was just like learning online from other dietitians who have like become non-diet dietitians. So I think that just like the continuous free content is helpful, but it's like a very, very, very tiny piece of the puzzle because we need more access to actual like one-on-one care, which we don't always have. Yeah. I think making dietitians more accessible is going to be the biggest thing. And that comes with advocacy. And this is a direct at the Academy. I did not renew my Academy membership this year. So I feel wild. (laughs) I'm like, I can say whatever I want. (laughs) Um, I think the Academy needs to do a much, much better job of advocating for what a dietitian is, why healthcare providers need to refer to dietitians. And then in doing so, that will not only increase like, because one of the biggest reasons a lot of the, like, I would say like, community nutrition, I think of, or like food service, like when it comes down to it, a lot of it's about money mm-hmm. and like, no one talks about this, but we're going to keep it 100. I've never <laughs> said that in my life. And I That's did not like it. Never come out of your I mouth. Hate I hate it. Never I does hate, again. <laughs> I hated that a lot. <laughs> um, but a lot of dietitians don't stay in like areas where potentially people might need nutrition education more because the pay isn't good. And that's because there's that lack of advocacy around the profession, which we can, we advocate ourselves, but we're like two little dietitians in this entire huge pool 
that is the mess that is healthcare. No so, one even knows what we are. Like no one knows what dietitians are except for dietitians. No one knows. No, when you say dietitian, like people don't know what, like what you do. No. Or if they so, do, like they assume that we are like making what, like a speech an SLP makes. Like I had a TikTok yeah. recently. Ugh, it was one where I was like talking about how like, oh, another day of telling everyone to like not do fasting and it's okay to eat a banana. And someone was like, oh, it must be so hard to make all that money you're making as a dietitian saying those things. I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> like people like to give it numbers because people are like, well, how much do you make? Cause they want, I'm sure you're dying to know because <laughs> we keep talking about it. Like a lot of salaries make like 45 to 50,000. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just a rant about capitalism <laughs> as inflation continues. I've like talked about this online a little bit and people like had their opinions, obviously, which they are free to give. But like the average wage the American makes like has not been like the ratio to what inflation has increased has not continued on par with inflation. Does that make <laughs> inflation went up? The wage did not. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. I've got um, my economist think... husband in the next room. I'll get him to yeah, hop on real God. quick. <laughs> Don't let him hear anything. I just said, <laughs> but I heard, I was like a couple of years ago, there was someone who like actually know what they're talking about. Besides me just like spouting words, <laughs> supply and demand. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like they said that with the rate that inflation has increased over the last like 40, 50 years, like the minimum wage should be like $30 an hour. Oh my gosh. And it's like, what is it's like, I think it might be 775 in Illinois. I think it's 725 here. Which I'm like, and it has been as long as I've been working. Oh yeah. I don't I don't think mine has changed either. But I'm like, okay, anyway, we're getting off course. I'm <laughs> I think that advocacy for the profession will play a huge part because, and we'll have more dietitians that want to stay in the field. That's the thing too, like not to keep going off topic because it's what we do here, but, um, I don't know if you saw Katie's post talking about like, do we even like want to be dietitians anymore? I don't know. Wait, who Um, posted this? Fueled former athlete or fueling former athletes. She made a post about weight. She was like saying how she thought she wanted to be a clinical RD forever. And then she thought she wanted to do her private practice full time. And now she's like, I don't really know if I want to do that anymore. That's how, like, I feel like so many of us are feeling like, yeah, why would we want to stay in this field when there's nothing keeping us here except for like caring for people, which is why we got into it in the first place. But that's only going to carry us so far. We can't do that for 60 years and not ever, or I guess 40 years and like not get anything besides that from it yeah snaps to that i'm gonna go look at her post after this mm-hmm. but i think also the free resources plays a huge part because like for sure that's what we can do uh, right now it's like really i feel like one of the challenging things about private practice which i think we handle quite well not to be the bias source that i am <laughs> but a lot of the like private practice dietitians their rates that they charge are not accessible. I was talking American. I was talking to someone, um, on my trip this last week, who was also in private practice and he, I don't know what his rates are, but he has someone that he's like peers with who it's a strategy for them to do it this way, but they offer one-on-one coaching and they also offer, I think like a membership or a course or something. And that's like their more reasonably priced thing. And they want that to be what people go and buy for or go and like pay for and like do, which is again, like more accessible. And because of that, they make their one-on-one coaching, I think a thousand dollars a month. I think it's a thousand a month Um, because they know like they don't want that to like be booked up with hundreds of people. I don't know. I can see both sides because like from a business standpoint, like you will get people who can and will pay for that. Um, 
but it sucks. Like if someone like really, really liked that person as a provider and they like wanted to work with them, yeah. they wouldn't be able to. But I, again, I also get it because they don't need- You want to like deter them. Yeah, exactly. And they know they will make the money from those who can afford it. But, uh I feel like it comes a lot down to like the person's personality. Like, yeah. eh, I don't know. I feel like I couldn't do that. I know. Not, I've, not that that person's listening and they like, no- it's just so tricky are. too because but like, like it's not like, I feel like we're worth it though too at the same time yeah but also yeah. like I want to be accessible also so like I was yes. talking to him and I was telling him my rates we were just like talking about business stuff and he's like oh you got to be charging way more and I was like you're probably right but then like who's going to be able to pay for that yeah like my, my yeah. membership like my membership specifically and how I charge it's 30 a month right now and 300 for a whole year which my whole purpose is to make intuitive eating more accessible through that. But even mm-hmm. that people can't always afford to pay that every month. He's like, no, you got to yeah. be charging like way, way more for that, which I could see. I think it is worth it. I really do. I put so much value in that membership, but then who can afford to pay that? Ugh. Yeah. Besides the very well off exactly. people that oftentimes I feel like are the main clientele base for like a lot of private practice dietitians. I don't know. I feel like your rates are good. I'll keep it the way <laughs> I'm, I'm not just planning on that. changing them. I feel like you have like the podcast, which is free. You have free resources. I <laughs> I like how we're just having a business meeting. I know. With, on here. Like the membership is a nice like intermediate cost. And then you have like your one-on-one counseling. Exactly. And, and your yeah, courses. We have this podcast. We like have there's YouTube. like I have my multiple blog. multiple yeah, like your YouTube and blog are both also free. Exactly. Hmm. And that's my goal is to mostly just keep pushing out free content. And not that you guys need yeah. to know this unless you're a dietitian, but to make money through like sponsorships and like affiliate marketing and all of those things. Right. I'd um, rather take things. money. <laughs> I'd rather take money from corporations than you guys. Me too. <laughs> Um, so I'll likely never stop making content because it does drive business, but it also helps you to just get free information. Yeah. Which we like free things. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. Anyway, now that that tangent about that gosh, the, that state of, was, the state of the profession and our, that, that question came from a dietitian. So they, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> they get it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. This next one, was this one on your personal one, Emily? Because I didn't see yeah, this one. These three, these last ones were. Okay. So the next one is what is our dietitian X? So does this mean, are you interpreting this as like other dietitians? Like we see as like, I think we can do other dietitians. I think we should do other dietitians. Okay. But we just talked about how we need to advocate for the field. So I don't know if that's <laughs> the best <laughs> or we could do like things we see. No, then people will think we're judging what they eat. I know. But sometimes, honestly, like I only judge people if what they eat if like they come after me. Like it's yeah. I was not like, friendly fire. I was thinking like diet culture X, like someone who like Bobby, whatever his name is, Flav City or whatever. Like he's a an ick for me. You don't know Bobby? Oh, yes, 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 yes. I thought you were trying to say Bobby Flay at first. I'm like, oh. that's not his name. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, Cause like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Cause I was like thinking, I was like, at first I was thinking like genuinely bad things like, oh, like demonizing vegetables, but that's like not an ick. An ick is like something that like, is like neutral, but like, so I always think of like, I see, but like you are like, Ugh. okay. Hmm. I mean, I could say like melted cheese. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see where you're going with that. That's this. like not a bad thing. Ugh, I don't have any but food. But when I see I like, it on something. I like everything. I guess like room temperature coffee. That's my ick. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's um, just like actually ick. I'm trying to think, think of like other things we see. It's tough with this because I normally think of it as like, I see it like in the relationship sense where like someone yeah. does something that's like not inherently bad, but you're like, oh, yeah. Why do you do that? Like how someone puts their pants on or something. <laughs> yes. I mean, like, I guess we could do, hmm. Mm-hmm-hmm. I 
don't know. I'm stumped. I don't have a lot of icks. I like, I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe I am judgier than I think I am. I have a lot of personality eggs, but that's not dietitian. Like mm. Well, I guess let's go there. We'll just, we'll make it our own question. What are your personality eggs? I'd love to know. So I, I don't think... ever do them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I have to think of specific examples of people, but we'll leave them unnamed. <laughs> I think one of my biggest eggs is, this is all going to be about men. <laughs> I was given the warning is when, but now, no, this is a bad thing. Cause I was going to say when they say their exes are crazy or they like mm. talk really badly about them. Yeah. That's on like, that's pretty universally like, yeah. Unattractive. But I've seen that a lot recently and I'm like, Oh, I don't trust you. Ugh, maybe we just don't, do we not know what X are? <laughs> I feel like I don't have a great, I don't think about this at all. I don't either. I don't. I need to start taking note of these. I think it's like more of a subconscious thing where. I mean. Um... Oh, okay. I have an ick. Okay. When people talk with their mouth full. Yeah. But I think that's just pretty icky, you know? Like... <laughs> I don't know. Like most of us think that they aren't getting shamed for that enough. I think that's true. Um, That's a big ick to me. Trying to think of like, like in like the workplace or like in like college, like things like people do like in like a quiet lecture, I guess like eating stinky food, but also I eat stinky food. So (laughs) maybe dietitian ick is when people ask me what the best way to lose weight is. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. So like we can do things we've been asked or how we've been perceived as dietitians. That's um, a big ache to me. I don't like that. What's the name that I was called when I was an intern? Dietary? Oh, diabetic or... intern. I'll never forget uh, that. That's a big. <laughs> when I was called a diabetic intern, I was like, my A1C is normal. <laughs> <laughs> Within normal yeah, range. What? Thank you very much. <laughs> Who messed that up? Like, how do you even. Like that goes back to no the advocacy proof- thing. Like no one yeah. knows what dietitians are. They would rather talk about diabetes, which no one needs to pro- talk about, but yes. But like no one proofread that. Like why was someone like I'm a heart disease intern or like something like the kidney stone intern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like what? That's an egg. It or I guess like. I also don't know if this is a, just a bad thing. Like when people sell, spell C, dietary, the C. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Egg. I think that's an ick. I think that's an ick. Like okay. it's not a bad saying, thing. Like, that's just incorrect. <laughs> but only two dietitians, like no one else thinks oh. it's an ick. Which I think that's is a, a perfect. Ick. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Asking for a meal plan. Also or like when, more... oh, when you get called a nutritionist. Of course. That's an, an easy ick easy ick at least in the u.s we don't know other countries nomenclature (laughs) yeah um this is tough i saw it i was like oh this is such a fun one and now i'm thinking i'm like i don't it's such a good question and i wish i had better answers i apologize to this is very challenging (laughs) we'll come back we could do a full episode on this in the future our eggs (laughs) come back with better answers yeah okay we'll keep thinking on it let's go on to the next one I have yeah. an immediate answer for this. And the question is, what is the most overrated TikTok inspired product? Okay. My immediate answer is those bloom greens powders that like every influencer oh my gosh. talks about all yeah. the time, all the time. They're everywhere. Dang. That was a really good one. It's the first thing I thought of. TikTok inspired product. It's tough because the for you page is so curated. And so we get stuff that we actually want to buy. Yeah, I like don't see a lot of like really specific food ones. I know. I see like a lot of recipes, but like if it's a sponsored food one, I'm like, I'm normally skeptical. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I might go with a non-food one then because I feel like that's the best food one. I think I'm weirdly on a lot of like makeup. Mm. TikTok, I don't know. People are so good at makeup. But- 
I also don't use any of it. So I don't know. <laughs> same. I like, the same. They talk about specific. Yeah. I know my like one routine. This is also a really hard question. <laughs> no, you guys are so good. I was thinking like, I, what's wrong with the keto diet? Okay. I've got an answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> no, These are good questions. Yes. Most overrated. Okay. What else are all the people getting sponsorships with? I feel like I also just like don't like watching a lot of sponsored ads. Mm-mm. Like I rarely would watch a sponsored TikTok video. I mean, I get emails. I might all just the have time. to cop out and say the greens. Yeah. I get emails all the time about the stupidest supplements, which I of course don't promote, but I'm sure you've seen them. Like I got one recently for like some kelp algae supplement thing. You got one? I thought of one. Sorry. Okay. Stanley cups. <gasps> of course. I yes. Stanley cups, I think is one of the, is the most overrated. Of course. Because of its exposed straw. I, mm. I like get this. I like that if it's in the cup holder for the record, I'm a hydro flask girly. Um, Mine does not fit in the couple. It lays in the passenger seat next. <laughs> there's insane. always like a new water bottle trend, but like mm-hmm. they're so big. One hydro flask. I feel like I'm not sponsored by hydro flask. I just like really like my hydro flask. I could like hit someone for self-defense because that's <laughs> always on my mind if I need to defend myself. But like that doesn't have a good, the handle like is not very flexible. I feel like it could fall. I always hear about them falling over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I just don't like the exposed straw. I know people made like covers for the straws, but I'm like, imagine this. cleaning that or like if something gets in that and then you're putting it on your straw. Mm-hmm. That's my answer. That's a good what one. What are you talking about? Kelp supplements. Oh, I get emails about stupid supplements all the time. Like my recent one was like an algae kelp supplement thing. Helps you detox or something. I don't know. I'd rather just eat some salty seaweed. Yeah, me too. I'd be good with that. Me too. Okay. So Stanley cups and bloom powder. I feel like that's pretty, that's on brand. Like that, that is very on brand. Yeah. Probably together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Putting some greens powder in your Stanley cup is the ultimate offense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An ick. All right. That's an ick. Okay. Our final question today is what is the most underrated field of dietetics? Another great question. So like underrated that like they don't get enough attention. That's what I'm thinking. Or like enough recognition. Both enough money. The community. Yeah. The community does not get enough love. I know they don't get enough money. Sure. Not enough. That's why it's really tough. Yeah. Like they are the ones who are usually doing free programs and stuff. And so of course Mm -hmm. uh, they can't pay their staff very much because they're putting so much money into like being able to do the free programs. I feel like that was a very easy answer. That was very easy. (laughs) I'm trying to think of like, is there another field of dietetics that. I mean, of course my bias opinion is like eating disorders and stuff like that, because the rates of eating disorders are ever increasing. And yeah, it, if you can't pay for it with insurance, which a lot of times people can't, then it's super expensive to see a dietitian out of pocket. And a lot of private practice ones, including myself, like don't accept insurance. And so Mm -hmm. you have no option, but to pay out of pocket. Yeah. We need more love for our community dietitians and also just advocacy for dietitians in general. I think that would be a good place to start. That'd be, I mean, we great. already have a full blown academy. Like what else are they doing? <laughs> so we're talking about how they're helping with diversity and advocacy. And they have one line about it in their opening statement and they move on. That's all they need to do. Just address yeah. it. As long as we good. say it yeah. at least once and it's on record then it proves we're doing something. Yeah. This was fun. I enjoy <laughs> this. Well, I feel like we can follow up. We can finish up this episode yeah. at least though, and we'll hop on over to the bonus question. Go check it out. Tud Bud, join the membership. Link is in our bio. That much yeah. went much smoother than I normally do. <laughs> much smoother. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much again for 100 episodes. We cannot believe that 
we've made this many. That's like a lot of episodes and we'll just keep on making more. Yeah, this was so fun. Um, maybe we'll do more of these if like we have more questions to be asked. I feel like we don't often ask questions, so we don't really can't really gauge that well, but maybe we'll do more. Maybe we could do like every 50 or something like that. We'll figure something out, yeah. but we appreciate you guys and we'll see you next week. Thanks guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the Upbeat Dietitians with your host, Emily Krause and Hannah Thompson. We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.